Napoli, Italy's birthplace of pizza, is frequently overlooked by travelers scurrying out as quickly as possible on their way to more luxurious destinations. On to the Amalfi Coast, Sorrento, or the island of Capri, barely slowing long enough to say ciao to this authentic city. Even most of the one million cruise passengers that pass through each year are hesitant to venture in too deep. Whatever brings you to Naples, I'm here to alter your perception, to convince you that not only can you pull together a noteworthy day, if you fail to give it a chance, you truly will miss out on an experience unlike anywhere else in Italy. This is KK Robbins, and you're listening to the seventh episode of Travel Talk. There are many different directions you can go within the city itself. Today, we are at the chaotic core of Naples, Il Cuore, the heart. And if you open your mind, that is exactly what you will feel here. Amidst the graffiti on every wall and laundry hanging above you, it does feel rough around the edges. Okay, and the middle too, but not dangerous. This is just Naples, the bare bones life of it all. I know, I have you hooked. When the lockdown hit, it was in these very streets that we watched videos of neighbors singing on balconies, in streets so narrow that even in separate houses they seemed to be breaking the six-foot rule. They came out late in the day, at the same time Italians would normally take their evening stroll, they were stuck, yet they were stuck together. And this is how the Neapolitan live, like familia. Our route is totally walkable from the port area, where the ships and ferries arrive and depart. However, it is a gradual uphill incline from the waterfront into the historic center, so we will take the small, easy-to-navigate metro system. I'm sure it would be much larger if they didn't keep running into Roman ruins and bones, which stops all progress for years and years. Hopping on Line 1, we go just two stops to the Dante Station. We exit and make our way a couple of streets over to Spacanopoli, which runs east to west, although the way Naples sits in the bay, it's cockeyed. Best to just say we are parallel to the waterfront. Spacanopoli is one of the oldest and easily the most famous street in Naples, literally meaning splits Naples. From above, the straight, narrow street seems to split Naples into two. It's important to note that the street changes name at least three times, and not once is Spacanopoli one of those. And yet, from end to end, it is known as Spacanopoli. We begin at what I would call the upper end, that is the end closest to Rome and farthest from the southern edge of the city, which leads off to Pompeii and Amalfi. Stopping in at Bar del Chiostro for cappuccinos and sfogliatella, a traditional pastry from the south of Italy with razor-thin layers of dough stuffed with various fillings, like the custard one I will choose. I have no idea why, but for me, Naples is synonymous with espresso. Each and every morning, no matter where I am, whether in Italy or anywhere else in the world, I am teleported back to Naples. I can be thinking of something mundane like, where did I lay my car keys? And upon my first sip, I am jolted back to Naples. It's like time travel, and I'm not exaggerating when I say it's fantastic. Continuing on Spacanopoli, headed east-ish with the water on our right, we take our first left to reach an even more narrow street that angles off to our right. 
Vicoletta San Pietro a Maiella, or on Google Maps, it's literally listed as Authentic Medieval Street. And surprise, that is what it is. Lined all the way with trees that are almost miniature to mimic the scale of the street, it's a treasure and a perfect cut through to Via Tribulani, the main street that runs right above Spacanopoli. Turning right on Via Tribulani, we pass where we'll be returning for lunch. And just ahead on our left, we reach Christmas Alley. Officially Via San Gregorio Armeno, a shopping street dedicated entirely to nativity scenes where the spirit of the season lives on every day of the year. Artisan shops compete with elaborate scenes that go beyond the typical, sometimes depicting a whole village and some with local politicians and celebrities thrown in. Elvis and baby Jesus? Who knew? Back around the corner from which we came, we stop at the first of three things you simply must do when in Naples. Napoli, Sotorana. We are going to underground Naples, descending 40 meters deep into a former aqueduct that supplied water to Naples for centuries. We weave between tunnels and cisterns. It was only in the early 1900s, when the city outpopulated the supply, that they abandoned the two million square meters of underground tunnels. A number so large it is hard to wrap your head around, and one that came as a welcome refuge for those fleeing the bombing during World War II. As the sirens blared, residents would rush to take shelter in these damp caverns. Hasty improvements were made with makeshift lighting installed. On the tour, we pass writings on the wall from that time and furniture left behind. At one point, each of us is handed a candle to light the way through the slim passages and into a wide open cistern full of water. The intensive tour could easily conclude here, but there are many extras, all fascinating and yet mentally exhausting. Who's ready for pizza? One of the four food groups of Napoli, it's our second must do. First, we are looking for a large pie. No small pies or slices of any kind. And you only have one for yourself. I mean, you can have two or three if you like, but you don't share. When done right, it is heaven. In Eat, Pray, Love, Julia Roberts unbuttons her pants and exclaims that she is eating too much in Italy. In this scene, Julia was at the famous Antica de Michele at the opposite end of Spacanopoli. I'll be honest, at my first go there, it left me underwhelmed. However, one day I found myself right in front with a distractingly empty belly and thought, why not give it another try? It was just as they opened, so the line was not yet down the block. Tables are packed and tight, and if you go alone, you will be making a new friend over lunch. Sure, the ones on either side of you, but I'm speaking of the person sitting directly across from you, at your table. And that is exactly how I came to meet Carmen. She was a young journalist, first time in Naples, and just so full of life. You could tell she was young yet wise at the same time and was just ready to tackle the world. Her energy was infectious, and I simply adored her. Connecting immediately, we took on a mentor-mentee relationship. We covered an array of topics, beginning, of course, with Eat, Pray, Love. Friends for the day, we headed out together for me to share my Naples much like I am with you now. But where will we be having our pizza today? Back up the street from underground Naples at Gino e Toto Sorbillo. Remember I mentioned our lunch place as we passed it on our way this morning? Much bigger with two stories, but still 
no way to avoid the line here, which actually isn't a line at all. It's a cluster at the entrance with no beginning or end. We find the person with a clipboard, add our name and wait. A little tip is to give them a name you'll be sure to hear and understand in a thick Italian accent. Now is the time to be anyone you'd like. First time here, I put down KK, thinking it would be clear. I even listen for the obvious caca that I hear in many languages. And yes, I am aware of what it means. Anyway, as too much time went by, I politely inquired, the clipboard master replying, See, si, Bella, I call you Kappa Kappa. Long live Latin. Just two minutes from the pizzeria, we arrive at our third and final must-do, Capella San Severo. As required, I have purchased admission tickets in advance. A small yet ornately Baroque chapel with exquisitely painted walls, in which there is almost too much elaborate artistry to absorb. Within Capella San Severo is truly something unique. Something one of a kind. The Veiled Christ. A statue of extraordinary detail made entirely out of one slab of marble. Many have done the same, yes, but here, sculptor Giuseppe San Martino did so with the visible body of Christ lying entirely underneath a sheer veil. The body appears more exposed than if it were naked. The veil is so at one with the skin that every detail of his face and body is clear. And then there is the transformation as you move from head to toe. Viewing the body, even with the head, the face is relaxed, at peace. As you move along the body to the feet, the expression changes to anguish. The statue is haunting, leaving you almost breathless. In our own shroud of wonderment, we wind our way back to where we began this morning for cappuccinos, Bar del Chiostro. Not for a post-lunch jolt, but to grab us each an Aperol spritz to go. At three euros each, I'm thinking we should get one for each hand. Buona idea. Good idea. We make our way onto the main thoroughfare via Toledo that runs perpendicular to Spacanopoli. This is the shopping street, and it's all downhill from here to the water. Well, except we are going to take a quick little detour on the Funiculare Centrale, a funicular. We hop on this five-minute uphill train to the upscale Vomero district where Castle St. Elmo dominates. It keeps watch over the city and the two other castles down at the sea. From up here, we can clearly see a long white line. It's Spacanopoli dividing the city in two. We see the port, but also the upscale waterfront area further to our right towards Castle Delovo, with high-end shopping and seafront restaurants. In the shadow of Castle Delovo is a little harbor known as Santa Lucia, for which the classic Italian song by the same name was written. You may not know that you know the song, but you know it. Just have a listen. Returning down by funicular, we turn right to continue on Via Toledo. Ahead on our left is the opening to the Grand Galleria Umberto, much like the Glass Galleria in Milan, only this one is lacking the elite restaurants and couture shopping. Still, 
a pass-through is a requirement. And it has a feel-good history, having been built to raise the spirits of the city. You can't help but root for it to find its glamour once again. We exit out the side and see the Teatro di San Carlo, Naples' grand opera house. Just to the right of the opera house is the unmissable Piazza del Plebiscito, the largest piazza in the city, with a bright dome church similar to the Pantheon in Rome. Just like most churches in Italy, it's closed midday and usually this is Italy, reopens around 4 p.m. Free to enter, it deserves the trek across the expansive piazza. This grand piazza serves as an entrance to the Palazzo Reale, the royal palace. The palace is open late and is well worth the small admission fee. Just to walk up the elaborate marble staircase and imagine a very different Naples. When it was more than the weathered third largest city in Italy, when it reigned as the kingdom of Naples. Wrapping up the day, we are on a mission for souvenirs, the best kind, the edible kind. Walking towards the sun as it inches closer to the sea, we reach Gran Gusto, an artisan food store. It's two levels of delicious possibility. Passing the bakery full of grab-and-go items, we take the escalator up to find a gourmet deli, then make a beeline for the rows of pasta in every twist and shape, flavored oils and vinegars, finally giving our full attention to the unique sauces and bruschetta toppings in precious little jars. They seem like single serving sizes, but the Italians do not drown their pasta in sauce. They merely coat it. Also, these sauces are so concentrated that I'm usually able to stretch them once home with a little olive oil or heavy cream. While piling our two tiny cart with goodies, we hear live music. It's coming from Winehouse Napoli. Atop Gran Gusto is a chic jazz club with a chef-driven culinary scene. But in Europe, when you see a place labeled a jazz club, they are more likely implying an atmosphere rather than a style of music. That is the case at Winehouse, where the focus is to bring the people of Napoli, locals and foreigners alike, together with inspired food, wine, and music, which this evening just so happens to be a three-piece band of bass and drums. Andiamo! Let's go! Join me next time when I will offer up practical insider tips for navigating Italy and answer a few listener questions on Q and KK.